Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning. We thank you for life. You've given us breath again. Indeed, we find safe retreat. Indeed, we find joy and comfort and happiness. Lord, we pray that you continue to have mercy upon us, that you forgive us from all our sins, and help us, O Lord, to live the life that your Son came on earth to show the example. Teach us, O Lord, in all things, only thee to see. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our High Calling, July 5 How does your account stand? Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2 Money is a blessing when those who use it consider that they are the Lord's stewards, that they are handling the Lord's capital and must one day give account of their stewardship. Do you confess Christ in your expenditures of his entrusted means? If Christ had that which is his own in tithes and offerings, so much would not be left for selfish outlay on knickknacks and display. Less would be spent for dress, for pleasure excursions, for entertainments, or for display in table fare. We may confess Christ by making no elaborate preparations for visitors. We may deny him by making more than ordinary preparations which takes time that rightly belongs to the Lord. Before you enter into amusement for the gratification of self, ask yourself the question, is not this God's time and money that I am expending needlessly? Open your account book and see how your account stands with God, with your household, and with the world. Have you confessed Christ by faithfully tightening the mint, the anise, and the rue? When we give the Lord the tithe, we are only giving Him that which is his own, to withhold which is theft and robbery. Does your account book reveal that you have dealt faithfully with your Lord? Are you poor? Then give your little. Have you been blessed with abundance? Then be sure to lay aside that which the Lord registers as his own. The neglect to confess Christ in your account books cuts you off from the great privilege of having your name registered in the Lamb's Book of Life. Our Heavenly Father teaches by His own example of beneficence. God gives to us regularly, freely and abundantly. Every earthly blessing is from His hand. What if the Lord should cease to bestow his gifts upon us? What a cry of wretchedness, suffering and want would go up from the earth. We need daily the unfailing flow 
of Jehovah's love and goodness. Amen. The title of our devotion is How Does Your Account Stand? The account being referred to here is your account of how you have spent the Lord's money. Have you balanced it? Yesterday, in our devotion, titled Nothing Too Precious to Give to God and other previous devotions for the past three days, we have been seeing the Christian and his relation with the earthly possessions, money, material things and all. Today we are looking at money and we want to see how to use money. The first thing we need to understand is money and every earthly thing that we have belongs to God. He's the owner. Yesterday we, we talked about that in detail. Please let us understand that we are not the owners of what we have. Even our life belongs to God and whatever you have used that life to get, it still belongs to God. The resources of this earth, God created it and it is his own. So whatever you are using it to do, transforming it into this and that and selling and buying and getting money, everything belongs to God. That is the first thing we must understand and I pray the Holy Spirit sets these things to our heart. Your life is not your own. All that is in the world belongs to God. So when you go and use the life that God gave to you with its talents and abilities and you give people services and they pay you money, remember that that money given to you belongs to God too because you used the life he gave you to get it. And secondly, the person who paid you used God's resources to make that money. The paper is his own. The trees where we used to get the paper belongs to him. The rocks, the minerals of the earth, the water, the wind, the birds, all the animals. We are told the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell in them. For he had founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. That is Psalm chapter 24 verse 1. Also when we look at the book of Haggai, Haggai reading chapter 2 verse 8, it says, God speaking, says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And when we go to the book of Psalms now, Psalms 50 reading from verse 10 says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Amen. That's the first lesson we need to learn. Secondly, we need to learn what to use these things for because it's a blessing. The first paragraph of our devotion makes that clear. Money is a blessing and not just money, every other thing, but let's stick with money. Money is a blessing. You see, when we say money and evil, it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. It is not money itself. Money is a blessing, but when we live for it, when we live and desire just to have it, not thinking of its use, and it's godly use that's what i mean then it becomes a curse to us and we've seen that that there is a peril in prosperity when money comes so people use it to destroy themselves but money is supposed to be a blessing not something you use to destroy yourself and that's what we want to look at how can we use this money as a blessing by giving it back to god who owns it 
What does it mean to give it back to God? To use it for purposes that will only glorify God and not using it to destroy ourselves. We may confess Christ, like we are told, by spending that money as stewards, using it faithfully, not for selfish gratification, entertainment, like he says here, pleasure, excursions, expensive dresses, display, table fare, all those things are wrong use of money. But money is to be used that as Lord, as God's stewards to bless others and to, of course, try to restore the image of God in ourselves and in others. Now, it is very important that we understand that when God calls for us to use the money for his glory, like I have been saying, it is a privilege. And I just want to use a small analogy for us to understand that. In the world today, if a rich man comes to your place, for example, or you are acquainted with him for one purpose or the other, and just at an instant, he asks, so please, can you give me $20 or Naira, whatever it is, just give me some small amount of money, or even if it is just big in your own eyes, what will be your reaction? Many will give. They will not hesitate. They will give him knowing very well that he can repay. That's why they will give. And for others, maybe someone who is very influential and powerful in a high position, this person comes to you and asks you, can you just lend me some money? How would you react? I bet many people's reaction would be to give without hesitation because they trust that the person they are giving can always return what they are giving more than what they gave. Now, the second question, would you ask tomorrow, please, I gave you 2,000 naira yesterday. Can you give me back or call this rich man or influential person just for 2,000 naira? Many of us will not do that. Why? Because we don't even want him to, if he wants to pay back and say, oh, I'll give you your 2,000 tomorrow. And then he says, take your 2,000, for example, maybe. How many of us really want to collect it? Yeah, we'll collect it. Or some may not want to collect it. Say, oh, no, no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Why would we say don't worry? Or why is it that we may not even call for our money? The reason is because we know that this person can do more than that. And we are expecting that if I have dropped or given him something, I have at least worked with him and assisted him. Perhaps he will do something for me better than what I have even done. And there are others who I know would give gifts to rich people. You know, rich people get a lot of gifts, more than the poor. Why do the rich people get gifts more than the poor? It is because those who are giving the gifts to the rich know that the rich can do more than what they gave to that rich person. So, somebody is rearing a goat or chicken or whatever work you are doing, you have some something you have access to. In holidays, people usually go to give gifts to the rich. The poor usually give gifts to the rich. Why do they do that? They know that this rich person can perhaps train their child in school, or when they are in distress at any time, they can call upon that rich person and the person will do something. So that gift they are giving is like they are laying treasure. They are making a re- creating a relationship with this wealthy person, this influential person. They are seeing it as a privilege to give, knowing very well that in this giving, they have a relationship and they can also get from him. And even if they don't ask, they know that the person is capable. But how many of us see God that way? How many of us know 
that when we are giving to God is not a loss. When we give to the rich here on earth, when we lend to the rich, do we not see it as a blessing? Many see it as an opportunity. They see it as a privilege to create a relationship with the rich. But do you do so with God? When God requires of you to give to Him of your gifts, do you grumble? Do you murmur? Do you withhold and feel like, no, I cannot because you are not looking at Him the way you look at that influential rich person? The goats you give, the chicken, the other things that you have from your uh, place of work that you package very well as gifts and give to the rich in your mind knowing very well that you are creating a relationship and it's a privilege and an opportunity for you to even go to his house to give him something do you see god with such a mindset question then should you see him that way is he not greater than that don't you understand that whatever you do for the lord he will more than repay you the bible tells us that he that lendeth to the poor lendeth to the lord and the lord will repay him that's what we are told so it's important for us to have this kind of mindset with god but it doesn't mean we should be motivated by the fact that the lord can pay back because god has shown us an example of beneficence like reading our high calling uh, the last paragraph here page 192 paragraph 5 it says our heavenly father teaches by his own example of beneficence god gives to us regularly freely and abundantly every earthly blessing is from his hand and i'll add to that he doesn't just give regularly freely and abundantly but he gives his best we also should learn when god is calling us to walk with him think of it as a, as a parent calling their little child into the farm to work with them before they give birth to that child they have been farming and they've been doing well without that child so when they are calling the child into that farm to work with them it is not because they need the child's help it is not because that child is going to be of any benefit to them at that time but what are they doing they are trying to make the child to become like them to train the child to become like them to train the child to become a better person so when the lord is inviting us into cooperation and work with him is it because he needs our help of course you know he doesn't need your help is it because he cannot do without you or the work will not be done except you do it the work can be done god himself can do it but he is trying to develop character in us he has seen something good in you and he wants to make you become like him so you need to understand that i've always said it's a privilege and opportunity god is trying to bring his character in you and to make you become like him so grab it as an opportunity walk with god not because he cannot do the work by himself but because he's inviting you to be a partaker of the divine nature therefore do not see it as a loss when you are giving to god when you are using the funds for the right purposes as god gives freely regularly and abundantly and also gives his best we too should be ready to give of our best intellect of our best talents of our best energies and strengths of our best gifts and materials of our best money to the lord give it freely give it regularly 
give it constantly let it continue to flow abundantly but remember then it doesn't mean that we must just give to every Tom, Dick and Harry that asks. We must be sure that what we are giving is actually to the Lord because some people give to the devil thinking they are giving to the Lord. If what, when you are giving the funds or your strength or your help, be sure that you are giving your strength and your funds into something that you know is propagating the true gospel of Christ. There are people who are preaching error out there. There are people who are doing evil. Don't spend your money on parties. Because when you are doing that, it is not going to God. Don't go and spend money on people who will squander the money just into the wind. There are some people who need to be empowered. Help them to get a work to do. Train them to learn something. But just to keep sustaining people by giving them money, money, money to eat. That is not the best. And then there is a cause of God. Be sure that the message being preached is the right message before you then say oh i'm spent sending the money into this particular place if not you can be sponsoring the devil's message so we're not saying just give give anyhow no be sure you are a faithful steward give in the right direction now some people think that oh because i have given money to spend on evangelisms in the right direction i have helped the poor i have clothed the naked i have also housed the homeless hmm? i have done all this good work some people think that because they have done that then they are excused to use the lord's money not just tight now everything belongs to god remember to use the money that has been entrusted to them for selfish gratification, for entertainment, for pleasure excursions like like tourisms, just traveling for holidays. Now, I know this is a very strong point for those who are wealthy, who think that you can spend your money just huge sums, one million, out of the country. For what? Just to go and enjoy and then come back. You are wasting the Lord's money, my sister and my brother. You are, you are, that's not what you are supposed to do with the Lord's money. Just because you have spent on the right things doesn't give you the right to spend on the wrong thing also. You cannot balance it by saying, oh, I spent on the right thing and then I also spent on the wrong thing, therefore I'm right. No, you are just as wrong as those who never spent on the right. The Lord's money must be used right all the time. There is no time when it is right to spend on selfish gratification. There is no time when it is right for us to use the Lord's funds that he has entrusted to us for any entertainment and for spending on foods just to enjoy and destroy your soul by eating things that are not good for you. But what should the Lord's money be used for? Yes, use it for food. We need the money. Why? The food that we need to eat to give, keep ourselves in good health it needs money to buy it and what kind of food is that food that prolongs life food that is healthy the plant-based diet we still need money to get it and then the kind of house you need to stay in that will prolong life in the right environment it is still money you use to get there those are the that's the way to channel your money and then there are labor saving equipment you need things in the home for keeping us in good health you need to buy those things too and be ready to uh, be a home for the homeless your home to be a home for the homeless be ready to spend on the poor the worthy poor those who are mis uh, who are have gotten into unfortunate circumstances but they are hardworking. people who are less privileged or handicapped who cannot be as good as you are never because they don't have the skills or like say abilities because of their physical disabilities that's what i mean those people need help too and people who for the sake of the faith that they profess, the true faith, have become unfortunate. They need help. 
your money should go in that direction to help such ones to relieve them of their distress the bible says do good to everyone especially to those of the household of faith reserve your money for such purposes to relieve the distress of such people to be a home to the homeless to feed the hungry to clothe the naked that's what it should be used for and never should it be directed to any area even though you that that is selfish gratification i mean even though you have spent on the lord's course don't think you are excused i pray the lord will set these things home to our hearts and give us the grace to put it in practice amen the reading opens with a very striking question how does your account stand in other words what's your account balance what's in your account and this is talking about the account in heaven then the third paragraph is saying do you confess christ in your expenditures of his entrusted means if christ had that which is his own in tithes and offerings so much will not be left for selfish outlay or knickknacks and display less will be spent for dress for pleasure excursion for entertainment or for display in table fare what a reading you see i i i am pressed to say that god is wise in his estimation of man even in his judgment see whenever a man steals something today and then the man is caught people in in those days God will say that the man should give fourfold of the property he stole or if he doesn't have anything in his house the man will be placed in a place where he could serve to make up for the loss or for the theft but today when somebody is caught stealing a phone for instance they will beat you up mercilessly and the reason is that we think that when we beat the person up the other thieves will see it and they will desist from the act but has it been the case no we see it increasing they will pour hot oils over the, your body and they beat you some they will beat you to death and then they put tires around you and burn you or sometimes they burn you even alive and but the reality is the very people beating the thief are also guilty of a greater theft and more so guilty to God God himself said that they have robbed me and why not stand back and ask yourself before you pick up those stones am i guiltless of this before God have i robbed God by appropriating to my own use that which is strictly his Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 the people were complaining that they have not robbed God they said will a man rob God that was their question yet ye have robbed me but ye say wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings ye are cursed with a curse for ye have robbed me even the whole nation i pause you see the righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a reproach and so god is saying that the whole nation has robbed him verse 10 says bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that they may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith said the lord of hosts if i will not open the windows 
of heaven and pour you out the blessing that there shall be room there shall not be room enough to receive it and i will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground neither shall your vine cast her fruits before the time in the field saith the lord of hosts and all nations shall call you blessed for ye shall be a delightsome land saith the lord of hosts now you see that the people or today we knowingly sabotage our own success he is saying that he will open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that they shall not be room enough to receive it then he will rebuke the devourer from our sakes that he shall not destroy the fruits of our ground neither the vine cast her fruit before its time so on the other hand if we withhold the tithes and his offerings we expose ourselves to the enemy by violating the security contract and the enemy will come in and cut holes in our pocket like sicknesses ex- unexpected and un- unfortunate expenses begin to pop up things that could have been avoided little things will come and sweep the money at the end of the day we lose all the blessings why because we are not satisfied with the 90% we must go ahead to each of the lord's 10% that is covetousness this is clear in the story of a man who the bible called Achan you see when god promised the israelites that he will he will take them into the land of canaan and they murmured and complained and you know they spent 40 years going round and round and round in the in the desert in the wilderness and so when it came to the point where all those who rebelled died they came again to the banks of the jordan and then it was time for Joshua to lead the troop the whole nation into the promised land now the first city was Jericho now Jericho the, the walls of the city was high so there was no way that this nation of untrained men could fight against the giants in the land they could not even get past the walls of Jericho and so God wanted to prove to them that this battle the first city will be his he will show them the example of how they will go on to conquer he will fight the first battle and he will claim for himself the treasures that was in Jericho the silver and the gold belonged to him that he told them exactly what they should do to the silver and the gold and so the battle started there was nothing with them to bring down the walls no caterpillars no bulldozers nothing and so god brought down the walls and then when it was time for them to bring all the silver and the gold to the storehouse one man saw a garment and a wedge of gold babylonish garments and a wedge of gold and he dug he took it to his tent and he hid it the lord's tithe that was the lord's tithe of the land he hid it in his tent and so nobody knew this nobody nobody even Joshua had no knowledge no priest nobody and so 
the next time they wanted to go to battle it was a small nation very few men they just gathered a few men and said okay let's go and fight they no need to carry the whole army just a few men and when they went for the battle they lost the battle they came back crying and joshua was weeping and he rent his garment and then they sought the lord why is israel falling before her enemies what is the cause of our defeat how come we defeated a mightier nation like jericho but in ai a few number of people we lost what is the cause and so god told them that somebody had taken off the accursed thing somebody's playing with my thigh bring all the men call them clan by clan call them family by family call them tribe by tribe they are the men were aligned and god was giving them call call he was picking them picking them out and Achan was standing there refusing to confess that he was the one he was the source of the the weakness that was at the camp and finally when he got to the point where it was man by man Achan was taken i read now from Joshua chapter 7 verse 20 and Achan answered Joshua and said indeed i have sinned against the lord and the god of israel and thus and thus have i done and when i saw among the spoils a goodly babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight then i coveted them and took them and behold they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it so this was the cause of the weakness of the church for one man's transgression the displeasure of god will rest upon the whole congregation for one man's transgression one man holding the tight using the lord's tight darkness will diffuse over the whole congregation of God's people so we see that the reason why the enemies are sailing us left and right is because we violated the contract god cannot protect us in disobedience i read from petrus and prophet now is that the deadly sin that led to achan's ruin had its root in covetousness of all sins one of the most common and the most lightly regarded while other offenses meet de- with detection and punishment how rarely does the violation of the 10th commandment so much as call forth censure the enormity of this sin and its terrible results are the lessons of Achan's history Achan's covetousness was excited by that costly robe of shina even when it had brought him face to face with the dead he called it a goodly babylonish garment and he appropriated the gold and the silver devoted to the treasury of the lord he robbed god of the first fruits of the land of canaan how rarely does the violation of the 10 commandments so much as call forth censure the enormity of this sin and its terrible results are the lessons of Achan's history. 
Aiken has cherished greed of gain until it became a habit, binding him in fetters well nigh impossible to break. He would have been filled with horror at the thought of bringing disaster upon Israel, but his perceptions were deadened by sin, and when temptation came, he fell an easy prey. We are as directly forbidden to indulge covetousness as was Canaan to appropriate, as was Achan to appropriate the spoils of Jericho. We are warned, ye cannot serve God and mammon, take heed, beware of covetousness. Let it not be once named among you. Eternity Pass, page 352. So we see, beloved, that God from ancient times, from the times when, even the times when he created man, he will always reserve a portion for himself. He gave Adam all the trees in the garden good for food. He kept back a portion for himself. And Satan has a way of tempting us to think that without that portion that God reserved for himself, we will not accomplish much. So we will always take our path and want to take his path. Beloved, covetousness is a great sin. Let us learn to remove God's portion first. Remove his path first. Give him his due. And the way we even train our children. You see, Achan lost his life and the life of his family because of the training he got. The way we train our children to give offering. I, I, I am amazed. You see, people will go and look for coins look for change the things they think they can do without the leftover change and give it to children and and and, and when you, the child is trained to offer to God things that are less than the child's lunch school lunch what kind of what conception would the child have of God a a a, a coin person with such this Dane was the Lord speaking when he was speaking through Malachi again. He says, A son honored his father. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. A son honored his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Say the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest. That despise my name and ye say wherein have we despised thy name you offer polluted bread upon mine altar and ye say wherein have we polluted thee in that ye say the table of the lord is contemptible and if ye offer the blind for sacrifice is it not evil take note you offer the blind for sacrifice is it not evil and if ye offer the lame and sick is it not evil Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts. Can you imagine God saying, The things you offer to me, take it, go to the governor of your state, give your child that coins and let him let the child offer it to the governor. All those the blind offerings, those things, the, the meager things, the, the the spoiled things. I remember when we we 
we used to have money maybe the money is torn apart and nobody will take it we just use sellotape and patch it anyhow and put it in the offering box yes that's where that's the kind of offerings god is receiving today can you imagine but the reading is calling us back to the place where we will learn to respect and revere god our brother have spoken well about that part now we need to offer it to god with the realization that he dwells on high and he is the governor of all governors he is excellent in majesty strength and beauty are in his sanctuary so with that realization we will teach our children give them an example an exalted example that when you come before god when you want to offer he will take the first and the best of all we have that's the way he will have respect unto our offerings remember the the bible opened the account with the offerings of two men the contrast was that abel offered a more excellent sacrifice but Cain will just offer anything he thinks he or what he pleases to offer to God and so that's the danger for God will not have respect unto that kind of offering we must be conscious of the reality that God is great he is call, called great Jehovah and so he sees he knows and he gives and so but before we come we must plan ourselves properly that is why it's called planned giving you must calculate properly that you bring your offering with respect and god will have respect unto the offering and as he had promised that his protection will be on the 90 he will protect the 90 and you will see that a little will go much because God is in it. May this be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We thank you for such words of wisdom, showing us clearly that our account must stand well in heaven. That those who spend their lives in laying up worldly treasure show less wisdom that we must balance our accounts. The spirit of liberality is the spirit of heaven. We are not accustomed to giving, but Lord, especially we withhold that which is yours. We make temporal worldly interests first and rob you of the time which and money that is supposed to be devoted to your service. Help us, O Lord, that we may not be in the position where it was said that the nation of Israel were cursed because they withhold the tithe. Rather, we want to be blessed. We want your favor, and so we covet your blessings instead of coveting your tithe. May we learn to release that which is yours, that it will rebuke the devourer for our sakes. Help us, O oh Lord, to walk towards this end. In Jesus' precious name, amen.